Welcome to Careers and Mental Health Conversations. This is the podcast where we discuss career counselling, career guidance, mental health awareness and mental health training in the workplace. With your hosts, Patrick, Sally, Tina and Amy. This podcast is proudly brought to you by Australia's first ever online workplace mental health induction. You can learn more about a custom induction for your business by visiting www.mentallywellworkplaces.com.au. Welcome to Careers and Mental Health Conversations. I'm your host for today, Tina Winchester, and I'm joined by Patricia Duquet. Patty is a certified results coach. She's a speaker and best-selling author who's made it her mission to help others master their mindset and harness their happiness. Patty has over 16 years experience in the corporate world and this led her to realize that many people were living unhappy and unfulfilled lives. And so now she works with individuals and business owners and through coaching sessions and workshops, she covers topics such as mindset, emotions in the workplace, communication, values, behaviors, habits, resilience and more. So from interviewing Dr. Phil, which I'm really interested to talk about, to joining us at the Career Development Centre, we're very glad to welcome Patty. Thank you. Hi, Tina. How are you? Thanks for having me. Hi, it's a pleasure. I'm really excited to talk about some of these things. And as I said there in the intro, the Dr. Phil thing, I definitely want to want to get on to because I am one of his biggest fans. Um, oh. But let's start at the beginning. So Patty, I love the work that you're doing now. Um, The 16 years, though, that you spent in the corporate world, can you tell us a little bit about that and how it led you to kind of move into the work that you're doing? So I'm originally from Colombia, South America, and I arrived in Australia 20 years ago. Now, at that point, I was finishing my university and I started, um, when I finished, it was more around, I fell in love with Australia, so it was more around staying in Australia. So I started my career more in the mining world and um, started going up and up into managerial roles, uh, I guess, early in my career and found myself that I needed more of those skills. So I studied an MBA, um, Master's in Business Administration. And from there, I moved into managing consulting. And in managing consulting, I fell very much into the area of change management. And in change management, it meant that uh, I was able to go into big organizations and, and small and help them go through change. So whether it was implementing a BI, big IT solution and, you know, normally we're humans, nobody really tends to like change at all because it causes a lot of stress and we have to sort of go through all the emotions and go through the whole change curve. So through that, I realized that Fair enough, I was helping a lot of organizations maybe save a lot of money or implement these really great um, solutions that was going to help them. But it was really came down to the individuals, the ones that were stressed, the ones that were anxious, the ones that weren't really coping that well with the amount of change that was thrown at them and how quickly it was coming at them, right? So... That's where I really realized that maybe my passion was more around the personal and the professional development to allow and help emerging leaders or new people to really be able to excel in what they do. So that's really my whole career into leaving the corporate world, which was all that I ever knew, into 
running my own business and really helping people with their mindset, with, so with their mental health and really gaining skills to master their own mindset and find out what really makes them happy and really understand how the brain works and how our how we go through a roller coaster of emotions and when we understand why and how that sort of happens i find that people people want knowledge people when they understand it they can cope with it when they don't that uncertainty is what creates you know a bit of anxiety so that's what i've been doing now and i've been very privileged to be able to help um, big organizations small to medium organizations and even recently uh, kids which has been amazing so that's how I really got into it fantastic fantastic and the mining world's not an easy world to um, to be working in um, anyway so uh, you know that's a really interesting career path that Patty when you talk about mindset for those that don't understand maybe what um, mindset means can you just give us a bit of an overview I guess mindset the big thing is Everything in our life really starts from our mindset. And that's what I really, really, truly believe. And I really like to highlight that to people because it is how we think about ourselves and the world around us. That's what our mindset is. It really determines our behaviors, our outlook, and our mental attitude, which is so important. But unfortunately, a lot of us are very unaware of it. We're unaware of our self-chatter we're unaware of a lot of our attitude and even our outlook in life um, sometimes we don't really realize it so until we actually stop which we now have the opportunity to do and think about our mindset what are we thinking and normally when something is thrown at us immediately before you even act what do you think because sometimes we change our thoughts but we don't really realize that sometimes we're quite negative upfront. Like, how am mm. I going to do that? I can't do that. I'm not worthy. I've never done that. And then we're like, okay, yeah, yeah, I can do it. You, you change your mindset a little bit, but it's almost understanding and being able to reframe and tweak that first instance. Excellent. And, and, and I guess our mindsets are formed by the experiences we have uh, when we're younger, as we're growing up, the people that we have around us, the experiences within a family, the experiences without a family, uh, or sorry, outside of the family. And for some people, do you think it's fair to say that, and, and being unaware of what our mindset is and where it comes from, that some people believe that you can't actually change your mindset? You are spot on, Tina, and that is very true. And I can tell you that probably that's one of the main reasons why, which I didn't really touch on before, why I got into this. It was, I remember very clearly as a young child, and it's very important that you've actually highlighted that. I was nine years old and I was living in Colombia, but we moved to live in Japan for five years. Now, that was a shock to the system. But I remember very clearly living there from the age of nine to the age of 14, because that first year was a very difficult year for me. And I remember that it was then, I, I only realized now, to be quite honest, when I wrote this, um, when I was sort of writing this book, Elevate Your Mindset, that I was a part of, 
that that's when I realized that my mindset was really where it took a big turn. And that's when I was able to really shift it because you're right. Everything external to us influences our mindset and who we are and who we become. And at that time for me, it was so difficult. And I remember, I remember, and it was difficult because I didn't speak the language. I didn't know, you know, it was Japanese or English. I spoke Spanish. Mm. Um, You know, I used to take the school bus to school here with the, you know, busiest (laughs) train system you can ever imagine. All those changes were just so much. And, and my, really, my mental health really down spiraled down, down, down really badly um, and to the point of having suicidal thoughts. And I remember at that point, my dad sort of, there was an event that, he, you know, it's when it all came to the crunch. And he said, well, what do you want? Because that's when I sort of said to him, you know, what I was going through. And I said, I, I need to change school now. So we did. And I remember that time, as soon as he said yes, I remember in my head, and I only remember this literally 30 years after the event. I remember thinking, I have a choice and I choose to be happy and I choose to be Patty again because I was becoming this dark person and that was not me. I'm happy Patty. I'm, you know, extroverted. I'm very active. So at that point, I had the choice and I made the choice to change it. I had an opportunity and I took it. So when you're talking about, yes, our mindset, you know, and you're sort of going into talking about what growth and mind that growth and fixed mindset might be that I think that pivoting moment was for me really realizing that that's when I started developing what's known as growth mindset. Thank you for sharing that. That's um, that's a really interesting um, observation that you made looking back over what sounds like it was a hugely pivotal um, time in your life and a really difficult time as well. Um, so let's then break down the growth mindset and the fixed mindset, if that's okay, Patty. What, what is the difference between the two and how can people distinguish whether they could be erring more towards one or the other? Sure. Let's simplify it. Now, my um, growth and fixed mindset, these were really terms that were coined by Carol Dweck. So she works in Stanford University and she wrote uh, an amazing book where she really depicted these two concepts really, really well. So let's talk about what they are. So growth mindset is really when people believe that their abilities can be developed through like persistence, through effort, and through hard work. So really thinking, if I put in the effort, I'm going to be able to do it, right? And this really creates a love for learning, and it creates a love, um, and it creates resilience within you, yeah? Mm -hmm. As for fixed mindset, it's really when people believe that their qualities, such as intelligence or even any talents, they're actually traits that, you're born with and you just can't develop them. And there are people that think that, you know, I'm just bad at maths and that that's it. You know, that's what it is and that's how it is. Um, but it's not because these are traits that if you really wanted to develop those, um, that intelligence or those skills, we know that if you actually put in the effort and you put in the time and you take on the challenges and you go over the obstacles and you know what? And you accept mistakes along the way. 
that's when you come out the other end being really good at maths if that's what you want to do, right? Yeah. So we really want to focus and really break it down into what you're focusing on. Like with growth mindset, at all times you're really focusing on a process. What you're wanting to do is improve every time. It's not about getting 100%. It's not about getting it right. It's not about getting being the best, but it's, you know what, did I improve from the last time I did it? And if you did, that's a bonus because then that means that you're just going to keep trying harder and you're going to see results bit by bit. You're going to get there. Some people will get there a lot faster than others and that's okay. As for the fixed mindset, what you're really focusing on is on performance and outcomes. So here you're really focusing on not looking bad, you know? Mm. So at a workplace, you're given any task or a project or a job to do, and you're like, okay, how can I do this to make sure I don't look bad? If you go into it with that mentality, with that mindset, the outcome is going to be very different as if you go into it with a bit of a curious mind, a bit of a, you know, this is a process, we're going to learn through it. Uh, We're going to improve bit by bit, a little bit like what we're going through. Everybody's going through this unknown with the coronavirus. It's how we sort of go into it and what we focus on. So would you like me to break it down a little bit more into when we're faced with different sort of areas, what does fixed mindset and growth mindset really mean? Fabulous. That'll be great. Sure. So... I guess a good example and how I normally break it down in the talks that I do is when you're faced with challenges, you know you have a growth mindset when you're willing to embrace that challenge. You might be scared about it, but you're still willing to embrace it. As for a fixed mindset is when you're avoiding it at all costs. You're like, no, you're passing it to someone else. You're just not taking it on because you just don't want a bar of it. And that's just because you have a fixed mindset. There's fears behind that. Now, if you're faced with obstacles, you know you're in a growth mindset when you actually persist through it. So you understand that there's going to be ups and you understand there's going to be downs and you know it's going to be bumpy at times, but you persist and you make mistakes and you make errors and you get out the other end. Now, with a fixed mindset, that's when you lose focus altogether. You're just like, no, I just can't do it. This is too hard. You procrastinate. You start focusing on other things. So that's when you can really understand, okay, am I, you know, in a growth mindset um, space or am I in a fixed mindset? Do you think, Patty, that, 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 that there tends to be younger people these days because of recent parenting approaches and I'm trying to be diplomatic with this but there's a lot of parents out there that have done everything possible to shield their children from uncomfortable feelings I'm not saying we shouldn't um, protect and nurture our children but seems to have gone a little bit too far the other way in terms of shielding our children from uncomfortable feelings and facing fears and, and bailing them out all the time and, and uh, you know, as opposed to letting people build their resilience by facing challenges themselves or, or experiencing failure. Do you think we're tending now to have more of a generation, a younger generation with that fixed mindset? I think we are. And well, I think there's two elements to it. Yes, we probably haven't allowed them really to make enough mistakes as well. 
because like you say, we sort of protect them. So what happens is you're in a growth mindset when you learn from your mistakes. But for you to learn from your mistakes, you need to make mistakes. You need mm-hmm. to fall. You need to burn yourself. You know, like, don't play with matches. You'll burn yourself. Don't do this. This will happen. Okay, go and do it. And then they learn, right? Mm. Um, as for you really end up in a fixed mindset when you dislike uh, and really get discouraged with mistakes. It's like, oh, this is, you know, I made a mistake. Oh, so I won't do it again. You know, it's really, really hard. And I have to say, like, I have... I have a seven-year-old at the moment and she's a perfectionist. She Mm -hmm. is. So I'm very, very aware of that. And I'm very, very clear about that. So when I drop her off at school every single day, I say, be kind, be fair, don't do to anyone what you don't want them to do to you and make mistakes and learn from them. Because the idea is that we need to make the mistakes, but it's not about making the mistake over and over and over. No, it's about making it, learning from it and moving on. And that's where you move into improving every time. That's where yeah. you help them move into that growth mindset. And it's also about feedback. You know, sometimes now people don't like feedback. They, you know, they ignore it. They're like, well, what do they know? Oh, I'm, I don't care what they say. Yes, that's fine. But if someone has actually taken the time to give you some sort of feedback, it might not be the feedback that you want. And in the workplace or, you know, in a family environment or a client, normally, you know, an angry client is normally the one that gives you the best feedback. Mm-hmm. If you're actually able to really distinguish and <laughs> sort of move away from the emotions, because normally, you know, the way it's delivered, it's not the best way, you know, angry or whatever. But if you really are able to tune in to the message that they're trying to tell you of, you know, if you had your systems in place or if you would have done this this way, they're probably giving you the answer of a broken link that you have in your business or that you have, you know, in your team. So it's not about ignoring it. It's also understanding and use it to grow. When you accept it, a lot of people are really against feedback at the moment and don't embrace mm-hmm. it. Sort of take, take the learnings from it because that's once again, accepting that you made a mistake take the learnings from it and say, okay, what can I take away from this? You know, they probably could have not screamed (laughs) to tell me, but you know, there's some truth in this and this can help me grow as an individual or grow my team or grow my business, whatever that might be. So it really is about that. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. So Patty, the current climate for us at the moment with um, coronavirus and um, and the uncertainty that there is around changes to work practices, um, fears that we might have um, around, you know, where's, where's the future going, how, what's going to happen to us. Can you give us a little bit of an insight into your expertise around change and how we tend to uh, respond to change in uncertain times? Yes, sure. Well, obviously this is my take on it but I certainly think that I truly believe and I am an optimist that things do happen for a reason and I think something good has to come out of this and that's where my mindset sort of sits we're all going through a tough time some a lot tougher than others but really what tends to happen is we're all humans and what we need most is certainty and unfortunately this situation is not giving us certainty because certainty plus stress 
equals anxiety and it's a fact and when we then have you know anxiety over anxiety that's when we end up in panic so that's where we really need to i think really look at where we are at and really understand our emotions and understand probably the neuroscience behind it if we're able to understand how the brain works because the way i see it is to break it down to break the brain into three very simple um terms and hopefully no neurologists um will burn me for this but <laughs> if we really break it down to we have three main parts of our brain and one is that reptilian brain and that's our instinct brain right that's the one that keeps us alive that's the survival that's the fight or flight or freeze which is where we're at at the moment at the moment we find a lot of people either in survival mode but guess what? A lot of them were already in survival mode. They were really stressed. We've just added uncertainty. A lot of people before were really stressed going around and around and around, you mm -hmm. know, like a mouse in a wheel, really looking for external things, not really knowing what they were after. Um, because time and time again with my clients, one of the hardest things sometimes with them is setting goals. It's like, oh, I don't know. And it's like, what do you mean you don't know? So what are you working towards? So we have been, and a lot of us have been in survival mode for so long. Now we've just added the uncertainty and that just goes, you know, for mental health, mm. that just blows it out. Now we go to the next part of the brain. So the reptilian brain is, let's say if you were, it's at the base of literally just at the top of your spinal, um, of your spine as you go into sort of the brain area or the head. That's where your reptilian brain lives and it's well, where it sits. And then our limbic brain, it's the like right in the middle of it. And that is our emotions. That's our imagination. That really is the one that maps out our social meaning, uh, maps out our dreams, our rewards, and it's our emotions. So in there, there's a part that's called the amygdala, it's like, it looks like two little almonds. And what happens is when we have really excessive sort of emotions, whether they're good or bad, you know, when you're really angry or really frustrated or even really excited, you see people that are really excited at a party and, you know what, they fall off a balcony and you're like, well, how, how did that happen? It's because they get emotional, they get caught up in that emotion, but more so when we are frustrated or angry. And then we're unable to then really access our frontal cortex, which is our thinking brain. Our frontal cortex, I want you to just imagine it as your third eye, literally just between your two eyebrows right there. So that's where our executives um, function really lies. That's where we're able to plan. That's where we're able to prioritize. That's where we're actually able to control or impulse control and have a working memory. That's where we can self-monitor and really start and task initiation or be flexible with our thinking and have that emotional regulation. If we are unable to really get to that thinking brain, which is sort of like your third checkpoint, well, we can't really act rationally. So we really, when we break it down to how the brain works, and we all have the same brain, and what happens, Tina, is if this helps anybody is we all have a brain, yet nobody has taught us 
or has simplified it for us. Everybody thinks neuroscience is, oh my goodness, the hardest thing ever, because it just sounds like too difficult in the too hard basket. But, you know, it's just about breaking it down. It's just about really understanding. And when we get caught up and we have that knowledge, then you're able to see things a little bit differently. That's certainly what I find with my clients, that when I'm able to explain that to them, they're like, I get it. I'm stuck in that emotional state or I get it. I'm not even past my reptilian um, brain. You know, I'm literally in this survival mode. So when we understand that, and this is the time that we need to access that executive function, that that's where we, we need those skills for us to really thrive um, because that's really what distinguishes us. So if we understand that we, with any change, it doesn't really matter what type of change we're going through. We're going to go through phases and we need to understand that. And everybody's going to go through phases at a different time. Some people might, might get stuck in one um, and take a bit longer to get to the other one, but it's okay. But first is really that whole awareness. We need to be aware. A lot of people I feel had the, you know, their head in the sand, to be quite honest. And we, we weren't learning, you know, we could see China trying to well react really quickly. Like they really want put like, I don't know, a hospital shed, if you want to put it that way together in 10 days, they were aware and they were in action and there was no confusion. They were straight into it, but we need to move from awareness to understanding then to really get to a positive perception to really understand, okay, what's the good that's going to come out of this? And then adopt to any situations, because that's, that's really the biggest thing. We need to understand that things are going to change, and we need to get the information that we need, get the knowledge that we need without overloading us with <laughs> a lot of negativity. And that's where I really believe we have a choice. We have a choice on what we do. I really think that this whole virus is here for a reason. And one of it is to help us reset. You know, all of us were so busy chasing God knows what. And all of us have always said, I don't have enough time. I don't have time. You know, being busy just became this badge of honor. And guess what? Humanity or this virus that we can't even see has put us to a stop, has given us all the time in the world. So now it's really when we need to dig deep. And this is the time when we really need to think, well, what were all those dreams and all those things and all those books and all those recipes I wanted to cook and all those, you know, that instrument I wanted to learn to play? Well, guess what? This is the time to do it. It's not necessarily the time to sit and watch Netflix 24-7. Sure, do it for an hour or two or three, but not all day because there's only so much Netflix you can watch and so much internet you can watch, you know? But if you don't have a plan and you don't start sort of thinking of, okay, what is the identity of the person that I want to come out the other end? Because coming in, you come as a certain person and we're all going to come out at the other end, whether it's in a month, in six months, in 12 months or 18 months, we don't know. That's the uncertainty. We don't know how long this is going, what type of individual we want to come out the other end. And this is the time to upskill to dig deep to if we can't go outside go inside and really really think about your purpose think about your values create new habits you know everybody says oh i would love to exercise 
well, why aren't you doing it now? Oh, because I'm indoors. No, there's plenty of yoga in YouTube. There's plenty, you know, set up a little gym in the garage, in the living room, whatever it may be. But this is the time to do it. And when we start creating those habits and eating healthy, all those things, what we consume, meaning not only um, in our brain, because I do what's called mind feeding every morning. So what do I want to feed my mind and what do I want to feed my body? So this is the time to really hit the reset button. And I think that is really going to make or break us. That's what's going to change our behavior. That's what's going to change our leadership. That's, gonna, that's what's going to change our productivity and, and even our communication with each other. So that's such a good explanation. And t- so tell me, what kind of self-care practices do you use to quieten your amygdala when it starts to go off and, um, and send you in, into a bit of a, a, a frenzy as it does for all of us? What are the things that you do to, for your own self-care? The best thing is breathing, to be quite honest. And what we have at home, which my daughters have, <laughs> we all have a calm corner. <laughs> and instead of calling it the naughty corner, it's the calm corner. <laughs> I like that. And the calm corner is just where you go and you take a breather and that's all you need. You know, sometimes when we're that frustrated or that angry, we're not thinking. Like I said, you're not accessing your thinking brain. That's when you end up saying things you don't want to say. You end up, I don't know, kicking the door, making holes in the wall, whatever it might be, punching someone, I don't know. And that those are the things we then regret. And that is when you've lost it, when literally you have, you know, your, <laughs> there's um, sort of an analogy that it's like your thinking cap, like a cap that mm. your cap has blown off, like with the wind, it's gone off. It's just, you just cannot access it. So you, as soon as the big thing, and this is where awareness really comes in, is when we identify that we need to have that self-awareness of understand what are our triggers. And who is triggering us or what environment or what's, you know, it could be what someone's saying, someone's attitude, someone's tone of voice, whatever that might be, or certain situations might really, really trigger us. So either avoid it. So be so self-aware of the fact that that's what might cause you to then, you know, literally lose your cap. Or if you get to the point of, oh no, I'm going to lose it remove yourself away from that situation yeah, and that's yeah. simply and with breathing and that's what happens the only reason breathing is good is because you're giving your brain literally your neurons a space between the neurons at the moment that they're firing really really loudly our neurons are firing and wiring it at the same time so that's the other thing we want to make sure we know what we're firing and wiring but in the event that we're about to lose it when you remove yourself and you give yourself that space and you start to breathe and you can do box breathing, for example. So there's two that I use with, with myself and to be honest with my girls as well. So one is box breathing, which could like a box, all you're going to think about, you're going to blank your mind from anything that's happening by just focusing on your breath, literally in your nose and you're going to breathe in for five and then for five and then hold it for five and at that same time in your mind you're just trying to draw a box every five seconds 
Brilliant. And that distracts your mind. So that's what I do. Excellent. Me too. Breathing. And people underestimate the power of breath, I think. And they say, oh, I do it every day. I don't even have to think about it. <laughs> the problem is we don't tend to do it very well. <laughs> exactly. And we forget that it's, it's the simple things, Tina. Unfortunately, a lot of people think that it has to be rocket science for it to work. If not, you know, that just sounds too simple. Guess what? It's what works. Leave the office and go around the block or go to the toilet and back or go grab a glass of water and come back. You know, you don't have to sit there and close your eyes and breathe and feel like, you know, you're being very silly. If if that doesn't work for you, then go do a lap around the office. Yeah. It works. Yeah. Fantastic. So, Patty, I really want to just ask you about Dr. Phil because I know, and I think the because we, we met, didn't we, were at the uh, Mentally Well Workplaces seminar that we put on some time ago, and then we connected on LinkedIn, and there's a, is it your profile picture, or was it your profile picture at the time, was you with Dr. Phil? Yes, I think I had a photo of him, at, uh, yes, that's right, and that's when you said, oh my God. I was really <laughs> impressed, I was like, whoa, it's Dr. Phil, so tell me, tell me about that. Well, that was an excellent experience to have, I have to say, it was one of my mentors, and um, very few people really share their stage and, you know, this one does. And that was an opportunity of going to LA to do that. Now, initially that was not my plan. My plan was to go and, and actually speak because you could either speak or you could interview someone, a celebrity. And once I saw that Dr. Phil was in the list of celebrities, cause they only got released from time to time. Cause it was, I was actually quite lucky to get to see quite a few of them. Like, uh, Brooke Shields was there, Charlie Sheen was there, uh, Michael Douglas was there, um, Jewel was there, and some were just impressive, like they were amazing, and people got to interview them, so that was amazing, so I was very fortunate um, to, yeah, to interview him, and and I, I chose to interview him just because this is the area that I'm so passionate about, like one of the things that I did is when I left the corporate world, I threw myself into learning and developing, doing the whole personal development journey as much as possible because you have to do it yourself before, I think, even trying to help others, right? Mm. So I really threw myself, I would say, for the last three years to do that. And I thought, oh my goodness, here's my opportunity to ask someone that actually does this for a living and has been doing this for a living um, for so long and helping people change their lives all around the world. And as I mentioned, I moved from helping organizations change to really helping individuals change. So that really resonated. So I really, one of the key questions and obviously because mindset and mental health is one of the topics that I'm so passionate about um, because of my incident that I mentioned was really asking him this, you know, me as a mindset coach who actually works with kids and adults, I wanted to find out for him what he thought was the most important things you needed to focus on when it comes to our mindset. What do you think, like, what he thought we needed to achieve to really get success in our professional lives, in our relationship, in our business? And um, he was really interesting. I have to say, hearing him speak, it, it was just phenomenal. Like all the words of wisdom that came out of him were fantastic. And that's probably one of the reasons 
why really he didn't mention fixed and growth mindset, but he did sort of say um, in his answer that it was for him, like he realized very early in his life that he he wasn't good at math, but it wasn't that because one thing is not being good and liking it. Another thing is not being good and not liking it. So if you don't like it, it's okay. You know, don't struggle with it. Basically, he sort of thought, well, my passion really lies more in, in speaking, in writing, in reading. So that's where he really went towards. And he then developed this whole growth mindset around that is what, how I would see it. And then went on to write like nine books and have his TV show um, because he was more of a people person. He was more, not so much of a numbers person, but he really focused on those strengths and developed those strengths. And yeah, it was really amazing. He had so many, a few other people got to interview him as well. And it was, everybody sort of had their own questions that they were interested in, but everything that he came out with was really um, quite, you know, obviously he's had years and years of experience and has interviewed so many people and has had so many people through his show, some, you know, better than others, I guess. But he was a very interesting guy and so genuine, I have to say, so down to earth. I think I think all of these celebrities were actually quite excited to sort of get to talk to us normal people like, oh, how can I help you? You know, like, oh, you know, it was actually really uh, nice to see the human side and the real side of them. Um, because oh, they're fantastic. all human. At the oh, end I'm of the so day, jealous. I really would have loved to have, uh, have had that experience. Yes. And he was so kind. Like when I went up to him initially to interview him, he was like, hi. And he was going to shake my hand. And I'm like, no, Dr. Phil, can I give you a hug? Like you've been on my TV (laughs) a little kid and here you're in flesh, you know, he's like, of course. So he gave me a hug. I don't think I'd like to interview him now because it would be like this whole (laughs) distancing, like no, meters away. (laughs) No hugging now. Oh, that's fantastic. That's so good. Um, All right. So Patty, as we wrap up, because I'm always conscious of time, I'd I'd really like to um, share with uh, our listeners information about how they can find out more about you and the work that you do and um, so where is the best place for people to look um, at your workshops and your individual coaching sessions for adults and for children um, my website is www.paddyduke.com that's spelled p-a-t-t-y-d-u-q-u-e.com um, I'm on Instagram I'm in LinkedIn and I'm in Facebook. I'm actually, as we speak, I'm actually opening up a group to help people through their mindset. And because I was part of the Elevate Your Mindset um, book, I've just got confirmation that I can create a Facebook group called Elevate Your Mindset with Patty Duque. And then that way, you know, it's okay to use the name because I am part of the book. Mm. And in that um, group, especially now, it's um, I'm going to go live and just talk about different topics and give people something to think about, something different, like purpose, like your values, like your habits, like your resilience, like your behavior, what little breaking it down to things that we can start doing at home, whether it's now that we actually have more time and have the time to question ourselves or later on when we are, we get too busy again um, and we sort of have to hit that reset button. So that that's certainly the plan, but I'm in all social medias and um, 
yeah. So please do reach out. That's what it's all about. We run workshops called Resilient You. Um, and we, we would like to get to as many people as possible. I've been helping a lot of business owners and a lot of great leaders that they see their potential in the people working for them and they want to bring out that emerging leader and that confidence within them. And, you know, most of the time it's also kids. That's why, that's why kids probably ended up in my um, yeah, list of clients yeah, and fantastic. academies, you know, sport academies. I'm working with, with one at the moment, um, a cricket academy, which is funny because I don't know anything about cricket, but it's very interesting. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much, Patty. I, I'm really glad to have had you on. I find you fascinating. I find the whole concept of, of mindset fascinating and, and the work that you're doing. Um, and I really appreciate you taking the time to come on our podcast. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. And if I can help one person with your podcast or with the work that I do, I'm happy. That That's my purpose. And the more people that can learn about this and they get to master their mindset and really then harness their happiness, the better it is for us all in society. So thank you, Tina, for having me. I really appreciate it. If you enjoyed this podcast and you would like us to appear in your feed, please hit the subscribe button and you're also welcome to leave us a review. For more information, visit careerdevelopmentcentre.com.au.